0: Hi, this is Sarah Bignall with Yowie Central Podcast, and you're listening to the Bigfoot Club Podcast. Be sure to check out the website at www.bigfootclubpodcast.com for merch and all of the episodes. You can find Bigfoot Club on social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bigfoot Club 1. That's Bigfoot Club and the number 1.
1: Hey everybody, Robert Jesse Dominguez, Bigfoot Club, Season 4, Episode 22. I'm here with my nephew, Steven. Steven, say what's up. What is up? What's going on, man?
0: Oh, you know, typical. Uh, we're actually doing this remote for the first time. In well, a, not the first time, actually. In a while.
1: Yeah, in a while. I think in the <laughs> season opener, we did uh, the first uh, Episode 1 and 2 uh, remote. So that was that was a while back, so...
0: Yeah, I'm just, you know, here taking care of Blair, you know, because she had her sinus surgery and stuff, so.
1: That's right. How, you know, how is she doing anyway?
0: Today, she's doing a lot better. Uh, I think once the anesthesia wore off, she, uh, the pain meds were finally like to focus and kick in, and so she's doing good. Uh, yeah, she's she's just sleeping and resting, so.
1: Nice. Okay. Well, give her, you know, you know, give her my love and stuff, so.
0: Will do All
1: right. today I'm uh, I'm thrilled We have in our midst today Gary Lynn with Australian Yahweh Research Gary, welcome
2: to the club Good afternoon Gentlemen, how are you?
1: Good man, first of all brother I want to thank you for making the opportunity Just to uh, come on to the show I'm really, really uh, I know Sarah set it up and I love Sarah So thank you for that And Mate, I'm very happy.
2: I'm, I'm I'm happy to be here, mate. Happy to be here.
1: And second, I was going to tell you, bro. You look. I know you probably get this all the time. You look just like Jason Momoa. <laughs> so, yeah.
2: Do, do you do you get that at all? Do, do you get that at all? <laughs> um, without yeah, trying to seem arrogant, uh, on a <laughs> pretty 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 much on a daily basis. <laughs>
0: I was going to say, too, Gary, you kind of resemble, uh, if you were to get a haircut, you kind of resemble uh, Matt Manu Bennett. I don't know. If you, I'm pretty sure you know who that no, is. Not. No, I don't. No. Yeah, he's a – He's uh, man, I'm trying to think of a, a movies he's been on. He played uh, – I know he played Deathstroke on Arrow. You know what I'm talking about, Robert?
1: Yeah, I do. I do, yeah. I can, yeah,
0: I can he, totally he, see he that, yeah. Yeah, it kind of looks like him if you were to get a haircut. But <laughs> I, Jason Momoa is, is always a plus. So, <laughs> so
2: yeah, that's um, <laughs> it, it. It actually started with a uh, Game of Thrones. With, uh, yeah, Cal Drogo. Cal Drogo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah so yeah that's 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 where it started and uh, it's uh, taken off from there
1: you should like seriously like carry like a, a sickle knife with you bro and whenever you're like in the bush, so you should just <laughs> carry it right. with you I,
2: I, I, I do i do i actually do have a knife but, um, Dude, I'm do you? Cool
0: that. <laughs> speak big Doth,
1: Dothraki, too yeah that's
2: that's we oh, cool. go yeah Well, I think
1: I was just going to tell you, I think I think I'm doing like an Australian tour. So I already interviewed Sarah Bignall and I interviewed uh, John Kershaw. You know, John, right? I do. Yes. And then I've I'm interviewing you, Gary Lynn. And then next week I'm interviewing uh, Yowie Dan. And then. Oh, cool. And then the following week after that, I'm I'm interviewing uh, Attila Attila.
2: Oh really? Oh my my! You're on the hill of a run,
1: aren't you? I am. <laughs> I'm super excited. So, um, <laughs> I wanted I wanted to start off by saying uh, also, man. I, I was looking at you know because I've always been like intrigued with the uh, Yahwehs and stuff. Like I I I used to like uh, email um, uh, Rex Gilroy. I used to email Rex yeah. Gilroy like yeah. like in the '90s, and he we used to right. like trade emails like back and forth with. He said, give me a bunch of stories about Yawis and stuff, but I've always been interested in Yawis and stuff, and um, and I know uh, you're part of the Australian Yawi Research. That's like the biggest group uh, in Australia, correct?
2: Correct, yes. Yeah. So basically, uh, Dean Harrison, who started Australian Yawi Research, uh, you've probably heard this before, but I'll say it again. Mm-hmm. So Dean Harrison, he, he started Australian Yawi Research roughly 26, 27 years ago when he had a couple of encounters himself that blew his mind and he had nowhere to turn. Uh, the only thing that he knew of was uh, the American beefwood Sasquatch. And from there, um, uh, he, he he did his research, couldn't find couldn't really find anything concrete in the Australian sense. Uh, and again, yeah, that, that's why he started Australian Research, so people here have somewhere to go, somewhere to reference things. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so how did, how did you, how did you two guys meet up? How did you, how, how did you get started? Did you have oh. like a, like experience <laughs> you, like yourself and you kind of got thrusted into it or? What?
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've always been, you know, excited and in, into the subject itself all my life, be it's, it, uh, Bigfoot ghosts, ETs, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as, 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 as most, most people start out for the, uh, you know, the Bigfoot phenomenon is an, is an American thing. Um, and then as, as you grow up and you, you, you experience things throughout your life and you, then you come to realise that we have their cousins over here as well and then you start to think, well, hang on, when I was camping that time with some mates when I was 16, maybe that wasn't a dingo that was following me through the bush that night when I was walking through with no torch. You know, little 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 things start to link up and then as you, know, you, you, you get to a certain age, you actually start to look into it a bit more. And then you realise that we in Australia aren't alone either. Uh, So, yeah, from there it uh, took off. And then there's there's certain locations uh, throughout our local area where there's there's been sightings and encounters and whatnot. And a a good friend of mine, we decided to go out to a specific location on the border of Queensland and New South Wales where there has been a fair few sightings and encounters and interactions and uh, things like that. So we thought, well, what's, what's a better place to start than uh, go out to this location where it actually has Yowie Crossing painted on the road? So we thought, well, yep, let's go out there. Uh, we went out there a couple of times, and one night we were standing there on the side of the road. Like, basically, this road goes through the deep forest. So we're standing there on the road, flashing our white light torches around, uh, we're going, yeah, which is something that we, we don't do now. And we could hear something up on the ridgeline moving around, a bit, bit bit of shuffling, couldn't really tell what it was, but it didn't sound too uh, too, too light. It sounded like something with a mate moving around up there. Uh, but again, um, yeah, at my time, a possum sounds like an elephant. So Yes. <laughs> we sort of yeah, uh, t- took it all in and just uh, went with it. And after about an hour and a half or so, um, my mate Wade, he goes, I'm pretty sure I can hear some kind of strange noise further down the road. So this is the point where I learnt that you do not turn the audio recorder off. And it, when, um, at, that, at that particular time, I wasn't using an actual, actual recording device. I was, I was just using the, the the recording app on my phone. Either way, uh, that, that's when I learnt you don't, you do not turn the audio recording device off. So we've jumped in the car. I hit pause in the audio recording device. We've driven probably uh, two thirds of a mile down the road. Pulled up. Got out of the car. And before I had a chance to press unpause, we got scream slash roared at from something about 20, 30 feet away. Uh, the sound was that loud and that, like, it, it started off as a very deep tone and that as as it progressed through the, the vocalisation went to a very high pitch. But the whole time you could feel that, that audio vibration rattle through your, your, your chest cavity. The, the, the vibration th- that went straight through you. Um, but as we do, you know, we didn't freak out and take off. Uh, we basically stood there and went, oh, crap, that's cool. And we could hear this, this thing at the time walking back and forth bipedally uh, behind this big wall of bush called Lantana, walking back and forth, back and forth. And at the same time, you could hear you could hear a bird giving an alert call to a predator. And this happened back and forth over about you know, 20 minutes to half an hour, then so it went quiet. But then to the north and the northwest, we could hear other vocalisations coming in. And every 15, 20 minutes, they vocalise again. And every time they did so, they get closer and closer. Uh, and then over the next hour or so, um, it went dead quiet. There's nothing. There, there, there was no sound from behind us anymore. There's no sound vocalisations coming from the north and northwest. And it was, it was that typical eerie eerie feeling when, when, when the bush goes quiet, no birds, no crickets, nothing, just dead quiet. That quiet that you, you can hear the blood pump in your ears. Mm-hmm. And after a little while... Uh, we're standing there, standing there in in the middle of the road. And again, when I say middle of the road, again, this road goes through a forest. It's quite thick on both sides, so you might as well be standing in the forest as such. And I, we we have our torches turned on, but we have we have the head of the torch into our body, so it's not emitting any light. But if we need to, we can just take the torch off our body, and then you know there's the beam the of light. So not long after if, if if you can imagine a swarm of like a thousand mosquitoes that swarm your head, or you can hear regardless which way you turn, or you can hear that buzzing, encompassing mosquito noise. I'm thinking, like, am, am I hearing things or what's going on there? And I, I take a few steps over towards Wade to just to to, to see if he can hear this noise as well. And I let I let the head of the torch off my body a little bit to to give us a bit of ambient light so I can see his face. It, it is quite a dark night, and when I saw his face, his his face gave me the answer. And then, like it was choreographed, all of a sudden we both spun around one hundred and eighty degrees to this big wall of vine and scrub on the opposite side of the road. Where no, we didn't say anything at all um, previous to this situation or after. Um, it was, it, it was like, it, I guess it was, it was like a, 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 six cents told us, turn around right now. We both spun around, hit our torches on this big wall of vine and bush. Um, and then Wade said, we need to get out of here. And we, we jumped in the cars and left. Uh, and that was our, you know, our first or one of our first, um, nights actually trying to investigate this ourselves. And, uh, from there we kept going out, um, into certain, uh, certain different locations, it, we, with no luck at all because, you know, that that might raise the bar quite high. After that, we'd have, yeah you know, we go to locations where we'd hear footsteps and grunts and that kind of thing, but, you know, nothing substantial past that. And then uh, I was on the way home one day on the bike and I, I live in the Gold Coast hinterland. As I was coming up the road, this car came towards me and it had yowie number plates. So I spun around, cranked back down the mountain, trying to catch up to this black car um I, I did i a few kilometers down the road i did catch up to him pull him over and i'm not sure what dean was thinking when i pulled him over <laughs> but <laughs> yeah we pulled him over and um we basically asked, you're you're the Yowie guy aren't you and he's yeah yeah that's me um and like still confused look at his face like why is this guy on the bike just been revving up come up <laughs> behind me revving his bike and tell me to pull over and then um, I proceeded to tell him about that the, that that uh, situation that night at, at uh, Mount Lindsay on the border. And uh, from there, I yeah you know, we, we we kept in contact and I kept messaging him right and again, saying hey, if if you want me to help you or, um, go out go out on on your your adventures, your research trips, I'm happy to carry your bags. I'm happy to do whatever. I just just yeah you know, try and get my foot in the door. And. Uh, asked a couple of times and bad timing. I, I kept some nails busy when he did ask. And then the third or fourth time, I'd, I said to the wife, no, that's it. I don't care what we've got planned. That's getting cancelled because this guy has asked me a couple of times already and he won't ask me again. So then asked me, I'll cancel whatever plans I had on that day. And we went off and carried his bags as such. And uh, it's, it's it's been a roller coaster since then.
1: Talk about synchronicity! You running into him like yeah. on the road like that—that's that's amazing. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I I don't know, I don't I don't know Mr. Harrison, but he seems like a really really good dude, and uh...
2: he's he, he's a very ger- generous kind of person. Um, and once you, he's he's the kind of person that that will give you the time of day. Mm. Uh, but once you once once you can actually connect with him and actually get to know him. He, he's actually a very a very kind, generous person and will go out of his way as much as he physically can to, to help you. Um, which, um, you know, obviously the, the, the general public don't see that side of him. Um, but yeah, once, he, once you actually get to know him, he, he's, he's an amazing person. Um, Before uh, we agreed, like, to talk
1: and stuff, you sent me a bunch of photos of uh, stick figures, symbols, uh, twists, um a bunch of like uh, tree bends and stuff like that which i i find very very amazing and i i you know i've always been interested in stuff like that cuz i find it like here in texas too uh, maybe uh, not you know like the same uh foliage or something like that but i wanted to ask you about that and i know they they call you what the the finder the finder or? the, the fault the Finderer. <laughs> the finderer. Okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. What do you, What do you think it means, Mike? Most of us? I know not everyone is like the the exact same thing, but what do you think most of that mean? All the all the figures and symbols
2: and twist and. Yeah, well, I mean, well, if if we go straight to the you know the, your your common tree break, um, I think that's pretty a, a pretty universal thing between here and over your side of the fence. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you know tree breaks they they, they they snap them off or twist them off at say a you know, six plus foot um high and yeah you, know, you can you can often, often follow those tree breaks to a a, a point of significance be it water, uh, water food shelter um, route of travel those kind of things mm-hmm. um, with, with, with the big x markers i used to think that that was a stop keep out that's what i used to think now i believe it's more of a territorial um, display between themselves, not so much for us. Uh, you know, uh, over over the years, you know, you've, you've you've read about and heard heard people say that you know these are big X markers mean, you know, stop, like basically like a, a big stop sign, don't go past here. All all Homo sapiens stop right here. Um, we've ignored that and we've pushed past these areas and we've had no negative interactions while pushing past these big X markers. So from that point I I believe that they're, they're, they're not for us. They're, they're between themselves and different troops. Uh, TP structures, you know, we, we can go through sh- uh, the idea of a shelter and whatnot. I, um, I think Sarah might have told you a story about one that was draped with a cow skin. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh, yeah, obviously shelter kind of things. Uh, then we come into the symbols. Uh as you said, you've you, you've seen a fair few of those those symbols that I, I sent you. Yeah. Uh, I've I've done what, I've been trying to research and look around and look at rune stones and ancient Sumerian and ancient symbols and that kind of thing. I can never get exactly on the on, on the money. It's always close with with different designs and shapes uh, of these symbols, but nothing's ever come close. I mean. Uh, if if any, maybe the, the eye of Ra kind of thing is is maybe the closest I could get with the um the, the triangle with a um, with with the marble or the stone in the centre.
1: Yeah, I saw that. Uh,
2: yeah, but like it's it's like with, with, with these triangles, it's always like the the, the the left and right uprights of the triangle are, are a single stick, and the, the the base of the triangle is two sticks. Then sometimes the right hand side or the left hand side is two sticks. Um, uh, well to to be honest, to be to be completely honest with you i i don't know uh as i said i to try to research as much as i can trying to find similarities or get as close as i can to, to what these symbols might mean uh it's 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 obviously a language between themselves mm-hmm. um, but what doesn't mean i couldn't tell you uh and then, uh, then after that you you then go through that that uh that symbol that sends you with with the rock standing up in the center which is made up of like fifteen sixteen different sticks. Um, you know, which becomes more intricate, and then you and then you look at other symbols where they they take one stick and they snap it in multiple points to form a triangle or whatever kind of shape it is. But they what the the interesting thing is, even though they snap the stick, they don't actually allow the bark to let go. So the bark is always holding on. It's 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 just the meat of the stick that's broken. That's amazing.
1: That's amazing. <clears throat> I was um I was going to tell you that. I've done a a ton of research out in East Texas, and that's our area called, uh, it's called the Big Thicket, and I've run into a lot, yeah, I've run into a lot of this stuff, and we thought for the longest time, and, you know, back, this was like in the early 2000s, and I didn't post any of this stuff because, you know, I didn't want to get ostracized or like that, but we had thought it was Ogham. We thought it was like a Celtic language that they were trying to talk to us, because like, we used to gift, I used to gift out in this area. I used to go walking in the woods and whatever there was in that area, like, I don't know whether there was like Mexican plums or there were like, um, parsimons or something. I would just grab them and I'd walk way in the woods and I'd stick it like in the crook of a tree and I'd, I wouldn't tell anybody about it and I'd walk off and I'd come back to it like, uh, uh, like a day or, or like or two later and it would be like a shiny rock or some herbs or like a dead bird. And right below, like, the base of that tree would be symbols like, like this. And I would I would take pictures of it. Um, I, I don't have any of that stuff anymore because I was, used to be with the Texas Bigfoot Research, so all that stuff belongs to them now. But, um, but I whenever you send me this stuff, I was really intrigued. I go, wow, that looks a lot like the stuff that we used to find, like, in East Texas. And I would share it with uh, Pennsylvania Bigfoot Society, Eric Altman, and we would, you know, share stuff, like, back and forth. But I've always been like interested in stuff like that, you know. Some people, like in Bigfoot research, don't really find that interesting, but I find it extremely interesting. And uh, and it's like it's like a it's like a guide. It's guiding you to to get closer to them. That's always
2: been the way I've thought. What do you? Well, I mate, mean, I'm, I'm I'm actually quite quite impressed because I, mean, I I've reached out to a lot of uh, fellow Americans to try and get some kind of correlation and reference to the mm-hmm. so if they found symbols themselves. And you're actually the first person who's 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 actually said that you've you found similar symbols. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm actually quite happy about that because I've tried many, many different American researchers and they're all like no no I've ne- never seen this never seen that. So yeah, I'm actually quite happy about that.
1: <laughs> whenever whenever, um, whenever we get off, I'm going to send you a video of uh, my mentor Luke Gross, and he was doing he was doing a this was a couple of years ago. He was doing a research with four different researchers from four different States. And they were doing like, they were doing like stick signs, like in the woods somewhere, like somewhere in the woods, they wouldn't say where it's at, but they would, they all did the, the, the exact same symbol. And like, I think 95% of the time they got the same result back on each different state, which was, I thought it was amazing. Oh. So, uh, whenever we get off, I'll, I'll send that to you and you can look at it and tell me what you think. But, um, Man, that's awesome. Steven, you have any you have any questions on that? or
0: No, I always I used to always think that uh whenever you used to tell me that when I was a kid that I, I thought it was just like their way of just <clears throat> letting their their group of, you know, the Bigfoot like I thought it was their way of letting them know like, "Hey, we're this is where we're we're this is us. This is we're here. We went here." Like just like just a mm-hmm. I never really I guess Thought much into it that it could be it could mean something more, like each symbol means like hey this is a, a like no food area or this is a this is a dead end stuff like that. So I'm I'm intrigued to actually look more into that because I'm you know who knows what what those symbols mean. It's, it's actually quite intriguing on that.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> well, the, the 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 thing is as well, like, I'm not sure how people can, can not be intrigued. Like like you said earlier, um, like. It's like coming across the the pyramids of Egypt and then finding the hieroglyphs and then completely disregarding the hieroglyphs. Yeah, it it, it doesn't make oh, sense. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: if, exactly. Yeah,
2: you know, we've we've we're trying to interact with, with with these beings, these people, um, and they're putting their language on the ground for us or for themselves. Either way, it it, it, it it's really mind-boggling how how, how how a person can can just pass that off as you know. It's nothing. Don't worry about it. You know. Um, I mean, like we've we've tried. We've we've copied the symbols um, to try and get uh, re- uh, some, some some kind of response from them. Um, we we do have a little bit. Um, but they don't really respond too much. I, I feel the the Yaoi is a lot more reclusive than the than their cousins the Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. Um, like even just in sightings and vocalizations and whatnot, um, they do tend to keep themselves a lot more. Um, or that they they stay in the shadows a lot more than than, than the south Coast do. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, you know, that that could just be a human population thing. Mm. Um, but even 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 as close as I you want know, to say, look, with vocalisations, it's it's very hard and rare to get vocalisations on audio. Um, obviously, you go on YouTube, you can punch in foot vocalisations, and yeah, you know, thousands come up. Um, unfortunately, it's, it's it's not the case here. We have I've heard a lot of vocalisations and especially in areas where these symbols are found, uh, interactions we've had with them, especially with crystals, uh, we, we, we have tried with uh, fruit and that kind of thing. Uh, we don't get too much happen with fruit and whatnot, more so crystal interaction. Uh, so once we've worked out we just continue to interact with crystals. Um, some they take, uh, some they bring back, some they never bring back and, when that, and then when they do return them, they return the crystals in like a fern arrangement with some with some sticks, you know, in a particular position as well. Um, there was though one symbol that was basically a a a Y symbol. So if you just get a stick um, that looked like looked like a Y with with two 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 like a, the, the fork of a stick, mm-hmm. um, a particular particular location for, for whatever reason they. They would they would stick these, these these fork symbols all over the ground and even tie them to trees with vine as well. Um, but yeah, like it's again going back to like the the significance of these symbols. It, it, it's definitely some kind of language,
1: right? I think I think the fact that they're they're not that aggressive with you guys and not pushing you out of the area. That's a, you know you finding the symbols and you researching. That's I think you. You're getting close to them. That's just, you know, the point of view I have is just they're they're interested in you guys, so I think that's that's kind of cool.
2: <clears throat> well, the thing is, well, mate, we we, we try to go in there with, with with as much respect to the land as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're not going through, you know, if 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 we're going through a trackway or if, or if we're making our way through through the bush of the forest, we're we're not just snapping off limbs that are in, in our way. We, we will go over it or under or around or whatever. Um, not just go through with complete arrogance. And when we, these areas we do go through, we we know that they are in like in these areas. And uh, as you know, it, it, it's the same over there. Like when, when you turn up, they they know you're in the area. Right. So we feel that they they that they see what we are doing and showing respect to the area. We we look after ourselves. We, we, we clean up after ourselves. Yeah, you know, we 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 don't make as much of a ruckus and a mess. Um. As the average camper going in, basically to respect the area, uh, and I think that's why we are getting closer and closer each time. What you know? What's your thoughts on uh, on infrasound? Oh, it definitely happens. I mean, I've been I've been hit with like it, it, when, when you go back to that that, that initial um, story there, mm-hmm. uh, where we got screamed at and like that 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 surrounding buzzing noise. Um, Back when uh, Duke Brian Sullivan was kicking around on Facebook, well, um, well, Bigfoot Radio, I sent him a message over Facebook asking his opinion because at the time uh, he, he was he was he was quite prevalent and um quite quite upfront with, with people and um, always on Sasquatch Chronicles and always getting around. So I thought he, he he's a good person to ask. Um, so at the, at the time, I I was still fresh fresh in the, in, in the subject. Um. So she sent him a message and he, he in, in Brian's opinion, he 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 thinks we got hit with infrasound. Um but, but now, um with with the amount of people I've spoken to now and reports and sightings and whatnot, uh I think it's definitely hundred percent that they can admit infrasound. Uh we've had many reports where we've had uh, witnesses be confused or disorientated and it all comes back to infrasound. Yeah.
1: I I know I was like like some of the people I've talked to, like in the past, that's one thing that I kinda never asked and I would go back and I would talk to them, I say, Hey, did you did you feel like scared or did you feel nauseated or yet lightheaded? or and they would go but they would together, they would think for a minute and go, Yeah, I, I kinda was like that Because I know in the past I I was talking on another podcast and we were talking about EMF, uh electromagnetic field. Mm. And like people yeah. react differently to that. Like, like I said before, like they they get nauseated, they get lightheaded, uh, they they you know they just feel they just feel really really weird. And so I I was when I was talking to them about it, they said uh, that sounds like infrasound. <laughs> so and I go, yeah, it kind of does. And so now whenever I go in the field, I always take a, a EMF detector with me all the time uh, because I thought I kind of think they're kind of like almost almost the same so emf infrasound same stuff so i don't know that's just what i was kind yeah. of thinking so
2: yeah i mean like we, we we've been at plenty of times as well in, in, into specific areas and you all of a sudden just like your your ears will start ringing for no reason mm-hmm. and you you just get that 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 feeling of being watched um you know then you keep moving through the bush it, it passes and I, I think that comes back to the same thing, you know, um, just their presence in the bush and uh, emitting that uh, that low low frequency vibration. Um, we 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 don't we don't we we try not to take too too much of technology into in, in the bush and the forest, right? Um, just to try and keep basically keep, keep it down to our phones, audio recorder, and the thermal cameras. Um, as little as possible, um, you know. If, if if we are doing overnighters, we we will take a a, um, a Bluetooth speaker and uh, play play certain certain styles of music and that kind of thing to to bring them into camp.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but yeah, like with with EMF meters and that kind of thing, we yeah we actually haven't tried to tried to use those as of yet.
1: I was going to ask what type of music do you use to lure it,
2: in? It in? <laughs> well, Dean likes to, likes to play classical music. Um, okay, <laughs> I'm not sure if it, I'm not sure if they get, that gets results. It's um, it certainly doesn't get results from me. I know that much. Um, you know, because I I listen to death metal and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so sometimes if you yeah, you, know, you know, it's 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 done with a purpose. So like, well, because you know, with, with, with camp, like, we'll, we'll 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 use white water around camp because that that's the area that that we want them to be attracted to to come and check it out and to. To uh, pique their curiosity, um, so we'll do that. Uh, play play certain types of music around camp. Use white light only around camp, uh, basically to attract them in, bring them into that area uh, to pique their curiosity. And then we'll actually spread out away from camp, sit in the dark. Use red light only when we are away from camp. And sometimes you're sitting there like he, he, Dean's playing something you can you can deal with for. Um, the Top Gun soundtrack, or something like that, uh, and then next you know this—I I couldn't even tell you what it is. Like I, I don't listen to classical at all, and then this beaming op- operatic voice comes cranking through the valley over top of you, and they go, "Oh, geez, you know, if, <laughs> I really hope it does attract them because if not, it's going to push them away." <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but you know, it's you know, a, a, a different range of music as well, um, and also you know, trying to. Who, who, whoever's still in camp at the time, while while the lights are on, the music is playing, yeah, you know, act natural, act like you don't care, act like you're not looking for them, um, and yeah, that's basically our our main tactic for, for for that particular situation. That's kind of leading me to um, that that thermal
1: footage that you guys got, and I, which I think is amazing. Are you able to talk about that,
2: or can you can you talk about that? Yeah, that's that's perfectly fine, perfectly. Well, I, I was there, mate. So you think I should be able to? Do? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, was, that was great. So basically, um, so that actually started off uh, months and months prior to that that particular night. So there, there's there's a dam uh, to the southeast of that location, uh, which we wanted to get to the to the far southern end of this dam. So we uh, there was, there, was, there was four of us. We decided to jump in the kayaks, and kayak, um, just as it's starting to go dark, and make our way all the way down to, to, the, to the far end of this dam. It's you know, it's quite quite a long way down there. Uh, so we, we'd done that. We'd get down there. We set up a bit of a camp. Uh, we, we weren't intending to stay the night, just basically stay there as long as we felt we needed to. Um, at the same time, we had uh, two UFOs fly over top of us, and then minutes after that we had some awesome green eyeshine when i say ufas i mean light objects not actual craft
1: right okay uh,
2: but yeah then we had uh, green green eyeshine uh to our east southeast um two of the guys buck buckingham who, who was the one who was holding the camera that night and guy steve they decided to go um down to that area and actually check out where this eyeshine was coming from myself and dean stayed back at camp after a little while, Dean and I went back, uh, went, went and met them down there as well. And the finder, I found the footprints through the sand. Um, 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 Bike and Steve actually had some, some, something heavy move off through the bush when they did get down there. Then we ascertained that what we, we, we found where this ice was coming from. And it was in very, very tall grass. And to get at that height, to look over the grass, and there's also movement through the grass that, that, that we found as well. This ice on would have been in you know, the the eight to nine foot height range. So that was the start of the night, and then it must have been like three three o'clock in the morning, something like that. We, we decided to kike back across the dam to call it a night. We got back up there. Then once you get to the other end of the dam, it's it's a seven hundred metre walk, dragging the kites back up the hill to, to the vehicles up, up on the main road. Once doing so. I uh, I was taking my kayak up, and I heard something move across the road. Um, again, this is a situation where the, where the road goes through the forest. So on, on the other side of the road was an embankment. I heard something move up on top of this embankment. I didn't think anything of it. kept doing what I was doing. Then Dean came up, and Dean heard, heard a grumble, or a grunt, or a growl. So that actually, that said so that situation right there is what sparked off the initial investigation. So Dean and I came back during the day. We, we actually walked up this ridgeline. As you do, you end up going further than you expect because we're just basically going for a look. So we, we didn't take water or nothing. We we're just going for a quick look. And next day, you you know, one, two, three mile up this ridgeline. And you think we learn by now, but we don't. So we've basically uh, <laughs> um, turned back around, gone, um, gone back down to the cars and then organised an actual expedition trip. To go this up this ridgeline the whole way, uh, with three of us. So we, we've done this this time. We got backpacks and water and food and everything. So we go up this ridgeline. We, we, we're finding footprints. We're finding knuckle prints in the dirt as you as you as you climb up this ridgeline. And then we came up onto onto on the very top of the ridgeline. There was a track, a track that we come to find is very rarely used. Um, very 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 light traffic on this on this particular track. So we walked this track and we, thought we straight away we, we, we found some foot some, some impressions in the dirt. We found these big sticks jamming in the ground. Um, I know a lot, a lot of people have heard us talk about these sticks in the ground and, yes, Mother Nature does do this herself, um, jam sticks in the ground. When, when they snap off from a tree, they fall and they, they, they spear into the ground. That's all well and good, but when you find these sticks that are you know four, five, six inches deep and there's no tree canopy above. Then you have to start paying attention to how these ticks get here. Yeah,
1: exactly. Once,
2: once we've done, yeah, exactly. So once we've done that, we're walking down this track. I see a rock um, get thrown up onto the track. I sprint down there, jump behind this tree um, off to the left where I was looking. It drops into a deep rainforest down there. Unfortunately, I didn't see anything, but I 100 percent saw this rock come up from down below and bounce onto the track. So that just that alone was enough for us to spark a an actual overnight investigation of this area, but we had to try and find a better a better entrance point because trying to you know, get the, get the whole team up there and more equipment and that kind of thing um, up that ridgeline was just not a viable option. So on the on the opposite side of the ridgeline, we actually did find an access track, which is a ranger trail, and the trail that we did find is a bit of an off branch and. It's, it, it doesn't get used at all. Um, the track we found earlier, again, has very, very, very little use, uh, but this, this off-branch has next to no use. So we decided to go up there. Uh, we, we set up for the night, uh, did our usual thing with the music and checking out areas and whatnot. Uh, and what myself and um, our other teammate Shane Guthrie do is we actually go off in different directions and we actually meditate for about half an hour different locations, just just put that positive intent to the area. So we've gone off and done that. I've come back to camp, everyone's in good spirits and then as the night progressed Buck Buckingham, he was up the trail about uh, 150, 200 feet and he came over the radio saying, I'm pretty sure I can see something beyond a, beyond a tree stump. So all right, no worries, we you know, come back over the radio saying, yeah, no worries mate, just let us know. Um, and he was actually watching this this these this eyes looking over a tree stump and the hands moving, uh, hands that were wrapped around the tree stump and were moving up and down the tree stump and poking its its eyes out and looking at him. At The kind of distance it was, it was at, he couldn't make out too much detail at that particular time. And then it's maybe half an hour or so later, um, I went and sat up halfway between camp and bark. Just so say Buck has some backup as such because he was up there by himself in the dark. He said he could hear some noises behind him as well. So I went up just to you know I was a bit closer, for, you know, for backup protection and whatnot. Not too much happened, uh, and then I ended up going back to camp. And then, and the so say, another half hour or so passes, and Buck comes over the radio you know, saying, "I think I've got something." And he then proceeded to watch these two beings step out from behind the foliage. At uh, roughly forty to sixty feet away um, into the forest, so it wasn't wasn't clear clear vision. It was it was it was looking uh, through 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 a bit of scrub and that kind of thing. And after a couple after a couple, because like the 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 whole the whole the whole initial clip, even though what people have seen is only I think it's like sixteen seconds long, the whole recording is actually about twelve minutes, and there's, there's bits and pieces of heat signature Inside this twelve minutes is, is what sparked Buck's um, curiosity. And then once these two beings actually did step out, and Buck's trying you know, to try to um, play, play with the, the, the record and zoom and focus buttons that kind of thing, I actually said to Buck um, after he was watching them. So this this is this is just after they stepped out and they bent down and picked things up and that kind of thing. I've said to Buck, do you, do you want me to come up to you? Just I've uh, got your back, and as I left camp, and I on, and have left I've left the light of, the, of of camp, and I've stepped into the darkness to walk to his location. Buck comes on the radio and goes, "Stop! Stop! Stop! Stop!" And I'm like, "What? What?" He says, "They just looked at you, looked at me, looked at you, and then that's when you see them disappear." So they knew damn well where we were. They knew where our camp was. They knew how many of us were there. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, the, the, the the intriguing thing. Is um, you know, when they want to be heard, they will be heard. When they don't want to be heard, you won't hear a thing.
1: They were gone like that, right?
2: Mate, like you've you got two 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 beings that are like nine to ten foot tall. Two of them are uh, putting eighteen nineteen inch foot impressions in the ground, and they moved off like ghosts.
1: Yeah, I, I saw the video, and I'm you know I know you sent me like some still shots of that and that, that being that's standing, and then it has, like, y'all, it has, like, three of y'all, like, you know, pressed up against it just to show how tall it is. And yes. that thing, that thing yes. is tall, and it's, its shoulder width is, like, huge.
2: I yeah. go. Well, that the the white line on that picture uh, where my head is at, so I'm, I'm six foot, and they're, they're well above me. Wow. Did you Did you guys, like, smell anything at all? No, like, I mean, the with with the amount of um, times that I've been out in the field, like, actually doing this research, not, not just sitting behind a keyboard like a lot of people do, people people like myself and yourself actually get out there and do the research, mm-hmm. um, I've, only, I've only smelt that smell three or four times, and I know that I've been very close to them many, many times, uh, and on saying that, I'm not sure how often it is reported over your side, but over here the 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 smell isn't um reported as much as what you'd expect
1: hmm. interesting i like that um that's probably like, like almost like some of the best footage I've ever seen like in a long long time
2: yeah well, it's like we like technically we've had them on thermal i'm gonna say two and a half times <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll explain the half. <laughs> okay. uh, but the the, the the very first time was actually a capture by myself. Um, again, down where we, we were loading those kayaks, we, 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 we were there there on another night, and I was standing there in the darkness with, with, with a, fellow guy, a fellow researcher named Jacob. And I heard what you can only describe it as a bulldozer coming down through the bush. And I'll pull the thermal camera up and I'll see this massive big blob of heat coming down down, down from the ridge line, um, toward, toward this embankment across the road. And as they got closer, uh, they, they, they split into two. And then once they split into two, be, because of the distance, it was hard to make out. But once they split into two, I knew exactly what I was looking at. It was two of these beings. And one went down on the embankment to the left. The other one foraged. Uh, ripping, ripping uh, roots and reeds out of the ground. I guess to get the bulbs from the bottom, bottom of plants and that kind of thing. And I watched this being with its hand, its left hand on the embankment, leaning into the embankment, and with its right hand grabbing reeds and roots and ripping them out of the ground. Uh, that was the very first one, and like that, that lasted about fourteen minutes. And for the reason that ended, and again, when we like saw that, they came in like a bulldozer. The only reason that situation ended was this was about 1.30 in the morning and a car, unfortunately, did come up the road. Um, there, there, There is a township on, on the top of this mountain. This car comes up the road and, of course, it, it, it's kind of weird you out seeing two guys standing in the darkness with a strange-looking camera. So they slowed down. They must have realised what we were doing and they yelled out, there's yaoi's up there, boys. Wow. So, of course... <laughs> I I I looked down for a second, you know, as a as, as a reaction because they'd yelled it out the window, but also the the headlights from the from the car blinded the thermal camera for a second. Mm-hmm. And then when I looked back up, there was nothing there anymore. It was gone. Like, gone, and we, we heard nothing move off. they came down like a bulldozer. They left like two ghosts. But the this the amazing thing is like we like again I like got I've been up on on top of that embankment few times, there is nothing big enough or deep enough that they can hide behind. Even if they laid in the ferns, the thermal camera will still pick up some kind of a heat signature.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, as as people know, when you're looking through these thermal cameras, you can watch bugs fly around at night time. That that's how well they can pick up heat. We scanned that, that the embankment for the next ten minutes. There was not one even faint little tiny heat heat signature moving off or disappearing were hiding or nothing. So that, that was the very first time that we that we have had on film or camera. The second time was Buck's amazing capture. The Third time, uh, the 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 half capture. The, the half time, it. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was in another, another location, which is um, still in in the same general mountain range, uh, but a bit a different different location, obviously. We had we had a a, a triangle uh, base camp set up, so we have. Uh, Three teams of two, and we we set up in in a, a triangle quadrant um, at, at at specific locations. And Dean, and the other team member, Steve, were down in the creek, and they actually had rocks thrown into the creek, landing in front of them. So they, and um, so when that actually happened, I, I pulled the thermal camera up, and I actually saw this bright yellow basketball size basketball shaped object running through the trees and then away. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, all I saw was the the head, um, so I can't exactly say what it was. But this is directly after Dean and Steve had rocks thrown in the right in front of them. Um, something that that couldn't have happened naturally either. And but the, the the reason I call it a half is because in that exact direction is where Buck and our other t- other team member Alan Newton. That's where they had their, their camp set up. It was in that direct um, that that line of sight. So I'm coming out of the radio, going, hey Buck, Al, can I can I please get um, get your location? Are you guys at camp? Are you not? Where are you? Um myself and Wade who were at our little camp, we, we jumped up and we, we we decided to head towards that area. Um it wasn't long after that then that we realised that where this basketball head shape size yellow signature was going through the trees, um it was half the distance of Buck and Al's camp. Uh, once we worked out yeah, where their camp was, they were yeah they were twice the distance of where this where this this object was, but where this object was was directly in line with where you would throw rocks into the creek in front of Dean. Um, and again, well, the, 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 this is a location where we've had many strange phenomena happen. Um, it does sit on a, on a ley line, uh, which I think has great significance as well. Uh, but like Dean and Steve have have had something. Go like on, on, on another night, they actually had something go through their campsite. They heard it walking through their campsite, and it, walk, it walked directly between them, but there was nothing there. So it's, it, it, it's, it's an area of very high strangeness.
1: Like, are you talking about like
2: some paranormal stuff? Or, uh, uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, is I mean, like, we are there to research yaoi's. Um, and, but again, like it's it, it's on a lay line, and Dean and Steve had something walk through their camp that was not there. It walked directly between them. Wow!
1: I was just gonna say I've I've had a lot of paranormal stuff happen to me, like while I was doing Bigfoot stuff, and I can't explain it. Mm. And <clears throat> we used to we used to always like not say what it was. We used to say write it down on a piece of paper, and we'll and we'll compare notes. That way we don't yeah. we don't project it onto the other person. So did everybody write everybody write what you yes. saw. And we would all compare notes. and goes, yeah, that's exactly what I saw. So, (laughs) yeah. Man.
2: Yeah, man. We've had many times where where we've heard noises that don't make sense. Um, We've found things that don't make sense. Um, We've felt things go through camp that don't make sense. Uh, We even, going back to the the kayak situation, um, again, we had two light objects fly directly over top of us that were were following each other very closely. Mm -hmm. Um, At that, same location on on another night. Myself, Shannon, and Dean, with just the three of us, and we had a little base camp set up. And where we our base camp was set up, we we had, we had tree cover, but directly above us was no tree cover, no no tree can no tree canopy directly above us. Dean is up the trail a bit, and he's sitting on the radio saying, "I've got something walking down below me in the valley." maybe 100 feet down below milk, I can hear it pushing its way through the bush. It's bipedal. It's crunching. It's stomping. You can you can quite easily hear it. So I've, I'll come back over the radio to Dean and say, well, uh, are you okay up there? Yes, he is. I've gone back over the radio again. Well, if, if you need us to come up there, just let us know. He's right. Yep, okay, no worries. So Dean just sat there and just listened and watched. Seconds after that, if you, if, if you picture the sound of a stunt kite, so, when, so people on the beach have the, the, the stunt kites that they dive and fly around. When, when they dive a stunt kite, the, the wings of the kite have that, that flutter as, as it dives down really fast. If you take that and cross it with a mechanical buzz, that's what we heard. Shannon and I look up straight away. We see a big black V with no lights, just like a satin black V, fly directly out of the top of this. Seconds after, Dean says, right, I'm just going to sit here and wait and see, see, see what this, this noise down below me does. You know, we, we, you know uh, that situation there, um, I, did, I did research it. Um, like, was it a, a military drone? I think it, it was way too big to be a military drone, but, you know, you, you've got to rule out what it could be before saying what it is. So I've done that, and the drone that did come up was... Um, one that the, the Australian Army does use. Um, it's about I mean it's about two two meters, two and a half meters wide. That is kind of the shape of a V. But this object, uh, made it, it, basically, if if you got two F trucks and put them in a V shape, a wide V shape, that's that's the size of it. Wow. Um, and it was satin black, no lights, and just flew directly directly on of top of us with that fluttering mechanical buzzing noise and kept going.
1: Hmm. That almost sounds like, like infrasound toes as well. I don't know why I thought that, but you actually sent me, um, with along with that thermal footage, you sent me two pictures, two pictures. One of them yes. is, um, looks like a bedroom with a, look like the, yes. like foot of a bed TV and a doorway. And another one looks like a window of a kitchen. It says glow from salt lamp. And it was like a, Silhouette. Can you can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah,
2: yeah, that, that's perfectly fine. So, I've had experiences my whole life where I thought I was seeing shadow people. Um, you know, most people don't know what shadow people are, uh, but it wasn't until maybe three, four years ago is that where I came to find out that they were not shadow people that I've been seeing all my life. Things sort of. Answered themselves and um, led to specific conclusions. I haven't been seeing shadow people all my life. I've been seeing E.T.s all my life, um, just in the, cor- in the corner of my eye, darting between rooms and that kind of thing. But it was quick enough that you can't see them, not not a solid Not a solid object, like a, a, a silhouette almost. So, the one with the salt lamp. So that, that, was, that was the first time that I actually saw one of these beings in my house. And, you know, I, I get excited by the sort of contact that, you know, is or ETs or whatnot. Like, yeah, there, there, are, there are moments when, when, when you do get a bit nervy and scared as such, but for the most part, it's nervous excitement. Um, regardless, even, that, even that night, our first encounter, when, when that, that beam screamed at us from, you know, 20 feet away, I didn't get scared. I was like, really nervous excitement. So, on saying that, actually, I you know, I I, I, I started doing uh, Dr. Stephen Greer's CE five meditations a couple of years ago, which is human initiated contact. Had had great great success with it. Um, had a lot of sightings and whatnot. Even my daughter, who's now five now five, even she hears and sees stuff in the skies and she she knows what it is. And it's you know, obviously you're bringing that attraction to you as such. And once I started good into that, things heated up a fair bit in contact where you could actually sense a presence in the house, lights would flicker. You'd feel that you'd be watching TV, you'd feel something's watching you. That then led to one night I turned the TV off and you go upstairs, you go 45 degrees to your left into the kitchen and then turn 90 degrees right and go behind the wall that the TV's on. And then you do another one eighty, and you go upstairs. And the stairs that we have to come upstairs—they're not—they're not solid stairs. They're, they're all uh, individual steps. And we have a massive salt lamp in the kitchen on the bench beside the microwave. And to go into the kitchen, like we've—we've we've always had mastiffs. So we, I look at the moment, we have an English Neo Mastiff and a Neo Male. At the time, we had a couple of big English mastiffs, and they—they're laying their snoring their heads off and. That was that. So to go through the kitchen, as um, owners of large breeds will know, you've got to step over them because they're, 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 they're zonked out, snoring their heads off. So I've done that. I've then gone I've gone and walked upstairs. All the lights are turned off apart from the salt lake. And in the reflection of a window on the back of the house, I've seen something reflecting through the steps on the stairs i then stuck my head back around the wall to look into the kitchen and I see the outline of a silhouette of... What... Sorry about that. You're fine. Um, <laughs> the, I've, I've, I've seen the outline or a silhouette. Steven, did you see those pictures?
0: I did. I did. What
2: would you think of that? <clears throat>
0: That's pretty crazy, man.
2: So, as many large dog breeds would know, when you had these 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 large breeds like English massives and whatnot, who are pushing like the big the the big male that we had who we lost a few months ago, um, pounds was he was 230, 40 pounds, um, and just big, not not fat, just a massive dog. It's a linebacker. So. <laughs> So, you know, with, with, with these kind of dogs, when they're asleep, they're not moving. So you actually, you know, you've to step over them to to, to to get around them. So I've turned the TV off. It's time to go to bed. The only light left on in the house downstairs is the salt man. So I've left the lounge room, stepped over the dogs, turned right and then left, and in the reflection of the window on the back of the house, I see something through the individual steps that lead upstairs. I've stuck my head back around the wall, and lit up by the salt lamp was a silhouette of your typical grey ET, big head, tiny body, tiny shoulders, tiny arms, and unfortunately, I don't I, I don't know why to this day because you know I, I, I want contact, I want to invite them around for a barbecue, but for some reason when I looked at this being backflipped by the salt lamp, I just went, All right, no worries and walked upstairs. Hmm. I don't know why. Like <laughs> the opportunity was right there and I just went, Okay, upstairs I was not I w I wasn't I wasn't scared or anything like that. I wasn't you know, I wasn't getting I wasn't getting adrenaline rush. You know, I was perfectly fine. I was just it's like I just accepted that this being was standing there like the dogs were sleeping. Alright, no worries. Walked upstairs. And I, I actually, I, I still kick myself every day for not saying hello at least. Uh, but then we, had, we come back to, I think it would be maybe about six months later, which would be the second picture you've got with the TV in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. So this was one of those cases when people suddenly wake up for no reason, sit up in bed. That's exactly what I did. It was about 4, 4.30 in the morning and... In, it was in summer, so you know the, the the sun was starting to make a bit of a light appearance, and I suddenly woke up. So I just sat up in bed. I, I looked to the doorway of the bedroom, which was to my forty-five degree left, and as you can see in that photo, I see or that picture, I should say, um, I, I saw everything, but the left leg and i think the left arm as well i saw the right leg the right hand the right arm but most of the body now when i say i see them i i saw the the figure so if people can think of the predator when the predator goes into shimmer mode mm-hmm. camo mode that's what i saw they, they exactly like the predator but it was the 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 the, the perfect outline of obviously of, of et and of course, you know, when 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 someone is standing there, regardless of if it's an ET or or, or a actual person, they are going to, they are going to give you that initial jump for a second. So, when I've looked at, looked across and seen the being this time, I have jumped because it's it's startled startled me a little bit. And then when I've looked back, the being's gone. Um, and then I and there was if we fast forward to probably three four months after that, my wife at a at a um, barbecue fire pit night, we had it in the front yard. My wife casually makes a joke about seeing one herself, and everyone there just stopped and said, "What? Hey, don't don't just leave it like that." So yeah, right. So she she comes around and decides to say she she doesn't know what time it was, but it was still still dark. But we we, we have a salt lamp upstairs as well, so that gives a bit of ambient light upstairs into the bedrooms and whatnot, and. She said she did the same thing. She suddenly woke up, sat up. She looked to her right. So I'm, I'm, I'm on her right. She looks to her right and sees a figure about the same size as these ETs standing over top of me. And she she said that for a second. She's like, am, am, am I seeing things? So she actually, you know, took took a second or half a second to actually, like focus herself she looked again. She said yes, and she saw a being standing over top of me. And she said she just casually went back to sleep. And I, I often make the joke, no, no, you, you didn't go back to sleep. You got pulled back to sleep because you weren't meant to wake up. Uh, and then in between that, we've had our daughter, um, who for about three months would not go into her bedroom by herself or sleep in a bedroom. And I'm like, Whoa, what's, what's wrong? Oh, the monster! The monster! And at the time she was uh, three, I think it was, three and a half. And when, when we got her to, to explain the monster, she goes, oh, the, the, the lizard, the lizard. Um, and, I, you know, since then it, it's has gone off a bit. Um, but, yeah, we, you know, the, the, the two sightings I've had, the one sighting my wife's had, my, my daughter's talking about monsters and lizards in the bedroom, in her bedroom. And she, she won't go in there. Likely, we've had nothing negative happen. Um, I mean, yeah, things have died off, but we have we have still had activity. You know, when you walk around your house and there's there's creaks, creaks and stuff on stairs or floorboards and whatnot that that you know when you walk in your house that that step or that floorboard makes a noise. And you know, the last thing we had was a couple of months ago we heard we heard something bipedal walk up the stairs. My wife and I are laying in bed, we hadn't gone to sleep yet. But the dogs are asleep, the daughters asleep. And what my wife and I both sat up and went. Did you hear that? Yeah, we did. And yeah, something stepped. No specific creaks on the stairs coming upstairs. Uh, then that was it. And I got out of bed and yeah, I'm 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 not too fussed about it, mate. I I just come out of the bedroom and so say, look, if if he's want to, if you, if you guys want to come for a visit, that's fine. Just let my daughter sleep, please. Um, and yeah, we, we've had no real negative experiences, at all. No, um,
1: no marks on your bodies, nothing like that.
2: Well, I I've been asked about that a few times, um, but I've got tattoos so it's a bit hard to see. Okay. Um, like like your like like on, on, on your arms and that kind of thing. Yeah, I've got taps so I can't a little bit hard to, to make it. Um I have seen some some, some marks um, that I have found, but you yeah, my my job is my job can be physical. You know, those times when you when you come home there's a massive bruise on your back and your wife asks where you get that from and you know, you're just at work and you have no idea where it comes from.
1: How about like, like memory loss, any memory loss or, cause man, I was doing something and I just forgot what
2: I was doing or in, anything like that. Um, yeah, I have had that a fair bit. Um, and a lot of, um, experiences where you don't feel like you are inside your body, like you, like you're a passenger as such. Um, that sort of happens for you for five, ten seconds. And, um, I haven't had that that particular. Actually, no I lie, oh, I actually had that experience the other day. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, like nothing, nothing crazy. Wow. Um, I haven't have no noticed any marks that really like, like like three point triangle marks, nothing like that. Um, but again, with tattoos and stuff, and where where these these marks usually show up is where tattoos are. So I can't really answer that one about marks.
1: Hmm. Well, you're 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 definitely like um peop- I mean these things are interested in you, whether they're Greys or yaoi's or the paranormal. I mean you're like a like an antenna for it, so
2: Oh I'm 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 happy to be mate. Like bring it on, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> again like I just feel like a, a a nervous excitement. Um I'm really not too fussed to be at it. I mean like we, we even have Potentially, yeah, he's coming up to the back of our property every now and again. Um, and I'll you know, go down there trying to hope to see something and make contact, but not as yet. Um, yeah, I mean, I welcome it. Um, we, we, we've had... At my daughter's third birthday, we had a bit of a um, shin dig across the road and afterwards we all, we, we all came back over to the front yard um, around the bonfire and there was seven of us around the bonfire and this big golden white orb flew directly out of, over top of us from a south to north direction, um, witnessed by all seven, seven of us. So it was going slow enough that I had time to pull out my phone, put it on video, start recording and record this object flying over top and stop recording. And when we went back to watch the footage, it wasn't there. It didn't record. All oh, seven you know, of you saw it, was, right? All seven of us saw it, but it did not save on my phone. That's weird. <laughs> and then tw- 20 minutes later, from the north to south direction, on the eastern horizon, we saw three light objects in the shape of a triangle heading south. was 20 minutes after this all went over the house. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, like, its I, I personally can't get enough of it. You know, bring it on. All of it, bring it on.
0: Man, and I'm actually like uh, while you're talking, I'm actually looking up stuff on Yahweh's and stuff. And I was gonna, I was yeah, gonna yeah. ask. Um, the I was reading on uh, a certain case. that caught my eye. Um, it's it, it happened in. Uh,
2: yeah, no. Look, we 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 get up to uh, minimum ten emails a day from around the country.
0: I came across this this report, and I wanted to see if. if Gary heard about it. I'm pretty sure he has. It happened in Calgoa Creek. You, do you know anything about that uh, one, Gary?
2: Calgoa Creek. What, what? What were the details of the um, the encounter?
0: Well, on this one, it shows. um it's a, it's a guy named Peter. He was driving a, a truck over the Calgoa Creek, and he said he saw a yowie, a really big yowie. Like let's say he looked like about ten feet tall, and it dropped it they said it looked at the car it startled him and then it jumped off the bridge which it looks like it's twenty feet down and wow. it landed and it takes off running and uh it's it's a pretty interesting i was reading the story on it and i was like he said it happened really quick he said he was about forty meters from the bridge and for a split second he saw it and then it jumped it looked at him and it jumped off the bridge and the bridge looks it's it's pretty pretty high up like I want to say it's like twenty feet, and he drops twenty feet down and kicked off running. I wanted to see if you heard anything about that one.
2: Not not that specific one, but that area is very close to some other encounters that we've had, where they've they've actually carried a vendetta. So a, a young girl was finishing work. Uh, I think she worked at a pub or a restaurant or something like that. And to go home, the quickest way was to take this dirt road, which basically cut cut her trip in half, as opposed to taking the bitumen all the way around the outside. So she's doing what she does after every every shift at night. Um, she's cruising down this dirt road. She comes around this, this this corner, and there's a yowie standing on the on 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 the side of the road. She sort of half freaks out, and she actually almost hit this beam. as she went past. So she's gone home, she's off, you know, that right there is enough to freak you out. Um, something that, you know, it, it, it's mind-altering, it's reality, reality-altering reality in, in itself. Next night, so she she has the same shift the next day. So that next night when she's on the way home again, you think surely surely uh, it wouldn't happen two nights in a row. You would think that, wouldn't you? So she's on her way home again on this dirt road uh, about the same time. She comes around the same corner, and there is another Yowie. Wow, it's not the same. It's not the same one. It's a different one. And it looked at her like it was waiting for her. And as she drove past this this particular beam, it actually took a swing at the car that's crazy it's, it's it's almost like you you almost killed killed my son or daughter.
1: yeah, like she was waiting yeah, on him, son. like like she was waiting on him to to get
2: back at him
0: so we, yeah. we have a we have a karen Yowie. That's
2: yeah. <laughs> wow that's yes we do A, 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 a Karen or a Kevin yeah, one of them
0: wow that is yeah. that is crazy, two nights in a row. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. one just caught my eye, and it, it, it what caught my eye is the, the name of the road that Peter was driving. Is I might be butchering this name. Uh, Waluga Bruina Road?
1: Waluga Bruina.
0: Waluga Bruina Road. Yeah, that's quite interesting, jumping off a bridge. That's, uh, that's a little too crazy for a yaoi. That's... <laughs>
2: <clears throat> wow, that's good. you know, I, mean, like, I mean, well, I mean, we, we, we've had many, many accounts of, of them jumping out of the creeks at you know easily twenty, well, not more than twenty meters, but you know twenty feet across a creek and jumping up in the trees, and even like we even have it on mean, a YouTube channel, Yowie Hunters Witness Reports, uh, the Borkle Mountain Monster, uh, which is not that far from that location either. So it, it it is an it is an area of of high activity as well. Man. Uh, I was gonna say, Gary,
1: you guys got like the BFRO beat on that, man, because you guys have that 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 uh, you know YouTube channel where there's eyewitness reports yeah. on it, and y'all have like you know like uh, like artwork and stuff like that, or just you know dramatizations
2: and stuff. Yeah. Like, you guys got the BFRO beat on that big time. That's <laughs> oh, good to hear. Well, man, well the, the the thing is as well, like if if you if you if you, if you um, gather all all of those uh, YouTube reports. Uh, reports that are put on our website dot com that is one percent less than two percent of the actual reports that come in wow the 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 volume of reports that come in um I mean like I'm not saying that 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 does include all types of reports be it an actual physical encounter um or a sighting or even just hey, guys, I just want to let you know that last night we heard this big scream off the back of the property Or I was out feeding the dogs last night and something threw, threw a rock at me from the tree line. So it, it, it does include all of those kind of reports. Um, but, yeah, that, that's less, less than 2% of, of, of all reports that actually do come in. Wow. So I think... Oh, really?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, Stephen, you have any questions? You got any more, like, things you want to...
0: Um... No, I mean the. I think the the is always uh, interesting, but this the whole Grays thing. That's that's just another interesting topic. That <laughs> yeah is is uh, I'm glad it's not anything negative. You know, because I'm fine. really. I mean, as as you know, you're a father. I'm a father too. If anything is near my child and it's making them uncomfortable, that's whenever I get pissed. <laughs> so um, I mean I'm glad it's you know, you were able to say like, hey, you know, you're interfering with my daughter so leave you know, leave her alone. You know. But if it if <laughs> I mean hey, if they don't listen to Jason Lamot, I don't know what will, you know?
2: <laughs> well well the the, the thing that, that that I find fascinating is obviously you know with kids 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 aren't programmed like us, right. Older adults and whatnot. Um, so you know they're they're more open to seeing things that that we've I guess been cut off from seeing. I mean like like my my, my daughter's talking about seeing monsters and lizards in the, in, in her bedroom. Um, yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure everyone can put that down to reptilians. Uh, and on top of that, she's seen yowies twice herself when she was three years old. I mean, I, I missed it. it. It was a situation where I should have been able to see. Where, like, to to the area to the area she was looking, I, I should have seen something, um, but I didn't, you know. And I, it, it is a case where we're walking along, and being three years old, she's kicking rocks and picking up sticks and stones, and you know, as kids do. And you, you're just you you, know, you you walk a couple of metres ahead of her just to let her do a thing. Go go for a, I mean, we, we live in the mountains. you could go for a bush walk, you know, get get her get her connected to nature, and she stops and goes where'd he go where'd he go where'd who go she says the monkey where'd he go and she's looking down down and down the hill into the bush pointing with her finger and then i asked her probably six months ago if she remembers that she's yeah dude so well, where did he go she goes behind the tree wow. that happened twice and like <laughs> yeah it's tough. so she's seeing that she's seeing monsters in the bedroom um, and now now when I take her like on, on another trail that we have up here which has has had sightings and encounters, like the, the very last house, actually saw two yellows walking side by side down this trail. So we 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 go up there and go for a walk and we you know we we found the, the, the stick symbols up there as well and um, tree bends where that they, they bent a tree up and wished it underneath another another the, the fork of another tree. And um, because yeah, you know, I I don't I don't I don't shut her off to this to this subject. Uh, I think yeah, well I don't think I know that we we're at that point now that we need to stop discussing do they exist and start discussing what can we do to make contact and know more about them. Right. So that's 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 the way that I I involve my daughter in the subject. She knows a little bit, and she has t-shirts with yowies on and that kind of thing. And we go up this trail, and she she's up there whooping. To, to the forest, ho- hoping to get a response. And it's, it's funny though, like, she she'll ask me if she can whoop them like Yeah, oh, go for her, go for it. So <laughs> I guess in in a guilty sense, I kind of I kind of use her as bait in that in that situation. <laughs> you know they 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 they'd hear the whoops, but they'd they'd hear it coming from a child. Yeah. So <laughs> I sort of um, stay quiet myself. You know, you 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 just keep whooping, keep going. It's all good. Do a, do a bigger one. Do a louder one. Do a longer one. That's um, but no, it's good, man. Like I mean, you know, this this this, this is the world that we live in. So it, it's time that we start acknowledging that. Yeah. And um again, stop stop trying to discuss do they or do they not exist and start discussing how can we make contact and learn more from them. Uh,
1: especially like because the, there's different groups I'm sure you've heard of this, you know, the different Bigfoot groups, the Woo groups and and the, yeah, and, the yeah. and, and the flesh and blood ones. And like I was flesh and blood for the longest time. And that's how it's brought up. And then as as I left the TBRC, I started talking to uh, Caddo Indians and uh, Choctaw Indians mm-hmm. and started hearing more and more stories and, and stuff like that. So now I'm I'm more of like, I'm open-minded now to, you know, more of this, you know, this being, being of the earth. And there's a reason why, you know, a lot of people don't videotape them because they, they're just difficult to
2: do that. And so... Yeah, well, well, the well, thing is, mate. Like, with the amount of reports that that do come in, uh, which which do contain woo aspects, you know, with shape shifting and mm. that kind of thing. Like, if, if if it was one here, if if it was one report that had come through, okay, you, you take it in and just put it to the side and whatever. But when you have multiple reports of similar instances that come in from around the country. And we, we actually even have uh, people from from your side of the fence contact us as well because they there in Canada Canada decided as well um, and when, when you have a certain amount of people speaking of the silly term woo um, you have you have to start listing and, and, and giving you some kind of credit uh, because the uh, the only way to do do this research properly is to look at look at look at the box from all sides don't just look at look at it from the side that suits you. Um, obviously, you don't need you don't need to go down the route of, of believing every single side of the box. That's that's perfectly fine. Like you, you you still need to go go in the in the direction that's going to suit you, but you need to be again open to all different aspects because this isn't a black and white subject. There is a lot of grey in this subject, so we need to just be more more open to it. And if someone says, "Look, I saw this being and it it seemed like it, it disappeared in front of me," don't laugh like. Think about it. Take it in, because this, the, the, these people—they they had an experience that affected them deeply, and that's again—if like you're laughing at people—that's that, the main reason why people don't talk about this for the most part. This is why people who have significant, amazing footage and photographs don't come forward because they, they don't get laughed at. Yeah, but I mean, look, but that, that encompasses the the, the, the the whole subject itself. So much goes on. Uh, we need to be open to that. Even even experiences that I've had personally, that we've had doing our research, would be put down to more woo than it would be flesh and blood. But the other thing as well, what, what I don't understand is why can't they be flesh and blood, and still have extraordinary abilities, just like us with with the third eye, the 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 gland. When you open that up and activate that, and uh, things start to happen, it's it, it's the same deal. You know, we we are flesh and blood and we, we have these abilities as well. Uh, so it, it, it's just a case of not being closed-minded. Again, you don't need to believe every single aspect and go with everything and all that. Just be open to it all, accept it all, put it in a file, put it in a drawer, understand it. It's there. If it, 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 So you, you, you have that there if it comes up again and just continue to do research um, in a positive manner. And the only way to do research in a positive manner is to be accepting of all subjects. Because as I said, there is a lot of grey within this subject.
1: Absolutely. I 100%
2: agree on that. I love that. Um... And the very latest report is actually from our very own team member, Shannon Guthrie, who at 4 o'clock in the morning was heading to work on his bike on the backside of the mountain and came around a corner and almost collected a juvenile in the middle of the road. Wow! Yeah, that's not what he says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he says a lot more than well. <laughs> um, yeah, he um, he basically came around the corner. Uh, there it is, in the middle of the road uh, on all fours, and he tightened up his line. It put its hand out to brace for impact, uh, but he tightened up his line just enough that it, that, that its hand its hand grazed his boot and the back of the bike as he went past. That's close. Oh, my God. <laughs> very
1: close. Oh, that is crazy.
2: Very close. Yeah, very close. So he's, um, pe- pe- people are like, well, you know, well, why didn't you go back? Why didn't you go back? But, you know, as as man Dean Harrison will tell you, and we've come to find out ourselves as well, is that we, th- these beings are never alone. There's, there's always another one nearby, be yeah. it. Be it you know, fifty feet away or be, it, be it half a mile away There's and there's always another one nearby. So if that was a juvenile, uh Dad is probably standing just down the road in the bushes. And uh it's probably not a good idea to stop. If yeah. You keep going unless you, <laughs> you <know? laughs> if you if you actually want to get to work, don't stop. <laughs> wow.
1: Um Stephen you had any yeah. Yeah. you got any last questions, Steven, you wanna shoot at Gary? Uh,
0: no, no. Um Gary, you you're were, you're were an awesome awesome man to talk to, man. Um, I'm pretty sure Robert would say the same thing. We, we'd like to have you back. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, appreciate it, mate. Appreciate. i will have a lot more to tell you. <laughs> a lot more to tell you. <laughs> um, uh, before we get off,
1: can you can you do me like a huge favor? Yes, I can do that. Can you can you say, "Hey, this is Gary Lynn with." Australian Yowie Research, and you're listening
2: to the Bigfoot Club podcast. Can do. Hey, this is Gary Lynn from Australian Yowie Research, and you are listening to the Bigfoot Club podcast.
1: Yes, that's the first take. I love it.
0: That was awesome.
1: <laughs> it, usually, it usually takes people like five or six times to do it, you know, and it's funny. So I think I think John took – John, John Kershaw did like twice I think he did it twice and uh Sarah Sarah just told me because hey you know what I'll just record it and send it to you later I go
2: okay <laughs> yeah, so, in, so in 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 other words Sarah probably did it 10 times herself <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know she talks she talks really highly of you guys all the time I listen I listen to her podcast all the time and uh she talks about you guys she talks to you guys up all the time.
2: Oh she she's you she's one of the team, you know. Yeah, we 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 we, 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 all, we all pump each other up. Yeah, you know, it's um you know, keep 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 each other keep each other in, in the positive vibration more than trying to pull each other down and such. Um,
1: yeah, we Dan, he's not a part
2: of AYR right, or is he is he a part? No, of it? he no. no no, he he he's affiliated with us, but he he he's not actually part of the team. How about uh Attila? Attila, part of you guys? No, Attila's his own separate entity. Okay. Um, Yeah, Attila's uh, podcast uh, uh, interview is going to be amazing because he's he's had some amazing UFO sightings as well. Wow. Incredible UFO sightings.
1: I I can't wait because, like, I I mean, Sarah did me the favor and lined everybody up for me, and I know I reached out to you and everybody else, but she did a great job. I'm actually going to be on her show uh, Wednesday, so... Oh, cool. I'm pretty cool. I'm pretty excited about it. I just I got some stories that I haven't even talked about on my own podcast, so I get to I get yeah, to talk about yeah.
2: it on that one, so. Uh well, it, it, it it it's it's, it's good Max. Like, the, the, the 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 more people that that talk about the subject, it's it's going to help those out there who aren't comfortable to talk. It's going to help them come out of their shell or at least feel like they are in a, in a safe space to eventually talk about it. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, like, you know, the, 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 the mount that I live on, um, because it is, well, in the Gold Coast hinterland, it is, the the people that live up here is are sort of half mountain, half city folk. Um, so the subject itself isn't as open as it could be, whereas if you go to Springbrook, which is where the thermals were taken, they actually are mountain people. Uh, and, like, they are happy to talk about it. Like, you, you can go up there for a coffee with the Yowie Hunters t-shirt on and you'll have the locals local, she's come up to you. Oh, yeah, uh, last Tuesday, last week, last month, this stepped out, saw this, found this, whistled at me, eyeshine. shine, you know. Um, so, again, you know, the, the, the more people that talk about it, um, the better, really.
1: Yeah, I mean, I find myself a lot of times, because I have uh, my, my t-shirt, uh, Bigfoot Club, you know, the logo, it's in black yeah. and white, and so yeah. I'm walking, I'm walking through the grocery store, and I'll get, like, some older gentleman walk up to me, he goes, you know, I saw him in 1962 on FM 572. <laughs> I go, really? He goes, yeah. I go, you want to talk about it? He goes, nope. And they would walk off. <laughs> <laughs> can, can you
0: yeah. do that, uh, that uh, impression one more time? <laughs> 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 Steven,
1: Steven and I, we always do impressions all the time, we are always, like, we do it we do Mark Mark Wahlberg all the time, you know. Hey, <laughs> Very nice. so hey, uh, so you saw Bigfoot, huh? So,
2: uh, <laughs> oh, it does he? Does he? <laughs> yeah,
0: hey, hey, Very good. Y- why are you crossing the street for man? What's going on? What's uh, on the other side? That's
2: good. That's good. That's good. I like that. <laughs> so, I mean, we,
1: I mean, we have a lot of fun on our our podcast. We don't, we don't, norm- we don't normally just talk about Bigfoot or the paranormal. We talk about, you know, Justin Timberlake or. Or movies, yeah. Or, or yeah, just Star Wars or something. We we just I don't know. We just talk about lots of stuff, and surprisingly enough, well, I, you, go ahead.
2: Yeah, I will just say, like you, you, you have to be happy-go-lucky about, about talking about the subject. Yeah, but like, there, there, there's, there's there's way too many people who are so straightforward and narrow, and it's got you know very black and white. You know, it, it, when when they talk to people, they talk about the subject or the, the way they. They they go about the subject. They they they're very strict and and direct with it all. Um, and I think I think that's what like it it, it it it's 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 not an inviting persona mm-hmm. for people who for people who aren't as deep in the subject as we are. You know, yeah. Um, if, if you know, and the, the, this whole thing about you can't joke about the subject. That's that's ridiculous. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you need a joke, you need to have fun, you need to be relaxed about it. And I've, I've had many situations myself where, you, where like, you, you'll be around people that, that you haven't really met before and you have a joke about Bigfoot. Pe- um, pe- pe- people know who you are and they'll, they'll crack jokes to you about all that, you know, have you found him yet? And, you know, are you out, out there in the bush making love to, to yell you or something like that? Um, but, you know, you, you go along with the joke um, and then, and then you'll find ten minutes later, someone will go, "Oh, yeah, um So, are you are you are you part of this whole thing? Are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well, um, yeah, well, yeah about, about two years ago, this location, we we're camping with the missus and you know, yeah, you know, trying to, yeah, it, it puts it an, an inviting pers- uh, persona to people, you know. Yeah. It's um, it's it, it's, it's sad really, like the the, the the way it you know, as much as it is over there, it, it is similar. At times over here as well, where people are just way too strict and black and white with this whole subject.
1: Yeah, there was this there was this guy that that he was a contractor of mine, and I know I saw just I've told the story before, and and you know Stephen knows about it, but he was a contractor of mine for like years, and he was a dispatch guy, and so I would always call him whenever I need like plumbing or AC or something like that, and I would I would do that, and so every time I did that, he eventually I think he heard from the sales guy that I was in the Bigfoot, so he reached out to me after work and says, hey, man, I, I really need to talk to you. I go, okay. I go, what's it about? He goes, I'll tell you later. So he calls me and tells me he were on the phone for six hours that he had like a, a Bigfoot yeah, incident, yeah. and he's a big dude. He's a big dude. He used to be a wrestler, and so he was like a very macho guy, and he ran into this thing in the woods, and it scared him so bad that he never told his wife. He would have like these night terrors, and he eventually divorced his wife. Even to this day, he's yet to tell his wife and his kids what he saw. And, yeah. and, and like we helped him through it. I think he was, we, we talked about it on two episodes and then finally he came on as uh, anonymous John Doe and he talked about his story and he's doing a lot better now. I mean, he's not having like, like, like before he wouldn't even talk about it and now he, he, he'll call me up now and then like, cause we, we like still talk. And he says, Hey, did you watch, did you watch that latest uh, episode of uh Bigfoot expedition? And I go, no, I didn't. And he tells me what's going on. Cause like before he wouldn't even want to talk about it. And so now yeah, yeah. he's, he's out and he wants to talk about it and he's okay. Cause I was explaining to him why he saw the Bigfoot and why it was there. And he never thought, he just thought it was a big monster that was just going to kill him. And I told him, I said, no, you're between him and his food. And it wanted to get to his food and uh, it's a Monarch. And it was probably like, you know, providing for its family. And he never thought it had a family. He just thought it was a monster. And so
2: that's that's a no, that, that that that's the big thing that we we have over here as well is that, pe, pe- people think that there's only there's only one, one of these beings getting around, and yeah you know, this 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 week he down in Sydney, and next week he's up the the very the very far tip of Queensland, mm-hmm. which is like yeah, you know, twenty four hours drive, um yeah it, it's great like you we know, have those those kind of people that they, they come out of the woodwork all the time like I'm, I'm just in talks with a, a, a tattooist at the moment. And he was, when, when I went to visit him to have a chat about the, about, about some, some, some work and work i want done on my back, um, another a, a mutual friend of ours was there at the same time and we started talking about yellows because this particular mate has seen Yahweh's as well. And so we started talking about it and then the tattooist was like, oh, so um, you, you've seen him too, eh? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah I'm part of Australian yellow research. And then he, while he was doing Clyde's outline of his of his work on his arm, he, he let me read a story that he wrote down in his um in his, oh, sorry uh, uh, typed down on his iPad because he he's he's going to eventually put this all into a book along with other stories and that kind of thing. Wow. And I'm I'm reading this this story which is you know I'm I'm, think, I'm, I'm thinking like like a quick you know like text message type story, and now it's like five thousand eight hundred words long. Wow, so that was all good. It was good, good story. And um, he's going on talking about um, hearing things around the the properties, on uh, stomping around the house, finding TP's and tree breaks, and um, fresh movement up up, up the embankment up the side of the hill. Uh, Coming home one night, he came down to the driveway. The driveway at his old house was um, down the hill, was like a teardrop. And as he as he starts going going around the teardrop, he looks to the right and sees a yowie standing on the other side of the driveway. And then he had to look back to correct his line, so he didn't run off the side of the driveway. And we look back; this 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 being was gone. Um, the the same being was he was tattooing a client upstairs at this house, and he was telling this client client um, uh, about the yowie that that hangs around in his house. And the the client was like, "Oh yeah, right, okay, yeah, cool, no worries." Like so obviously you had to pass it off a bit. And next you know this massive bang on the front door, and they they stayed, they looked at, they looked over from upstairs to to see what was going on, didn't see anything. Then when they went downstairs to, to leave, this 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 actually slammed the front door that hard when it when it ran up onto the patio, it popped the screen door inside the frame. So that so then they didn't realise that. Then when it went to go outside, the screen door was jammed inside. So the two of them had to had to twist, twist and contort the screen door to pop the screen door back out. And then on another night, he had a friend of his around, and um, he was on his way home from somewhere else. And this 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 lady knew that he he had activity on his property, and she rings him up, and she and he's like, "Look, how far away from home are you?" He's like, "Oh, about half an hour." And she says, "You need to get here right now. This thing is out here throwing things around, throwing logs around, all that all that kind of thing." He gets home. All the and, and, um, on this 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 deck that he had, like out, out, out half in the forest with all, with his uh, with the barbecue area. All the outdoor furniture and the barbecue were all piled up in a big, in a big pile in, in, in the middle of the patio. Wow! So <laughs> this thing's out there cracking the shits, taking all of his all, all of his his outdoor area, stacking up like a big pyramid. Um, it almost makes me yeah, wonder.
1: It, at, yeah, it almost makes me wonder if it, yeah. if he just moved in and they didn't want him there.
2: It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, like we, we've we've had that situation many times where you know we, we've got we've got a famous case down Talabudra, um, Talabudra Creek, which is on the southern end of the Gold Coast, where a house had no residence for a couple of years. Uh, the homeowners fixed the place up and then then uh, put this place back on the market to lease. Had a family move in, mum, dad, three kids, and a, and a dog. This particular property backs onto the same mountain range where the thermals were taken. And every night they he's hear screaming in the mountains beyond the house, and then it progressed to they'd start to see this big figure come out of the tree line as it, as it goes dark to the back of the house. And from there, it progressed to it even come up on the back patio at night, get the dog bowls, slam the dog bowls against the house. Uh, and then they wouldn't let their kids uh, stay out in the backyard after 4 p.m. And they ended up moving out of there six months later. Wow! Um, and that was purely a territorial thing. That you know, no one's been in this house for so many years. Um, they're in this being's territory. Yeah, it, 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 is is it a rogue male? Who, like, a, a young male who's been kicked from the troop for becoming of age? And he's 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 noticed that no hairless monkeys like ourselves live in this house. So he's claimed area as his territory. And now, there's, now there's a whole family of a dog moving there, making a whole heap of racket in his front yard. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's an it's, awesome story. I love that. It's, well, I mean, look we, we even have we even have like a bit of a bit of an uptake in um, encounters when when a new suburb gets gets developed. So if if a farmer has like a hundred acres on his property. That he's not using, then decides to sell that hundred acres to developers. It's been it's been bushland, it's been creeks, and it's been it's been it, it, it's been a, a a natural environment for, for many many years, yeah, you know, possibly generations through through this farmer's um family lineage. But next, you know, developers are coming in with you know, excavators and bobcats and all the rest of it, knocking knocking down these beings' front yard, backyard, landroom and now there's hairless monkeys putting up big boxes to live in. And uh, we, we, we start having an having influx of um, reports from these set areas because these people that now live, that move in its area, are getting screamed at, they're getting stuff thrown at them from the tree line. Um, it's, it's, it's common enough to talk about, basically. It's, it's you know, it, it does happen a fair bit.
1: Yeah, I bet. I mean, once once people started, you know, moving in and it tries to push
2: them out, and look, looks like you know these things are pushing back. Well, that's exactly right, man. It's, it's you know, I, I often get I often get asked the question like, do you know the areas that these beings sort of call base? You know, that, that's the, their, their their home territory, even though that they may range for kilometers and kilometers. You know, do you know their actual home base? And we, we have two locations where we are very certain that, that that this is where they live. like this is where they call home. And people are like, well why why don't you go in there and you know get get that money short or you know make contact in there And I often tell them like, actually <laughs> I literally had this conversation yesterday with a customer of mine. Uh, and I, I, my, my answer to her was, well, it's like when you ha- when you have door knockers come up to your house you you, you don't want to knocking on your front door. And the first thing people do is scream at them or slam the front, slam the door in their face, tell them to get lost, etc. It's for that exact reason why I would prefer to make contact on a more neutral round as opposed to knocking on their front door. Right. Because uh, to me, to me, to me, that's invasive. Um. Again, you know, we we don't like people jumping our fences and trying to break into our house. Uh, we 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 don't like um, people door locking for, for 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 no decent reason. Uh, I, I, I I see it as as the same situation. So I'd rather again I'd, I'd rather make try and make contact on a more neutral ground. Even if, even if it is in the, in a similar sort of area, but not actually go deep into these specific areas. Um, out of, you know basically out of disrespect. Respectful. I like it. That's pretty good. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's, it's how it's going to be done, mate. I mean, like the yeah. only way to, to to go about this go to go about this research is is with good positive intent, um, and basically not 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 be arrogant about it, not not be arrogant about the subject and the do's and don'ts, and this is what happens, this is what doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, obviously obviously they're, obviously there they are really little tell about their, their 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 activity, their habits, um, what those do's and don'ts. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, being, again, going back to the the, the flesh and blood and the uh, extra, extraordinary side, um, you know, encompassing all that, using all of that um, in your research to progress the research and move forward in the research in, in the hopes of making contact.
1: Gary, is there is there anything you want to push? Uh, you want to push the website? You want to push any appearances that you're doing,
2: any book signings or anything like that? Um, we, we, we sort of keep it ourselves apart from doing podcasts and what, that kind of thing. Um, not, not, not exactly a book writer myself. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, you, you, can, you can find us on uh, com, which is the website. The Facebook page is Australian Yaoi Research Official, and the YouTube channel is Yaoi Hunters Witness Reports. Um, on, the, on the YouTube channel, you find around about 190 uh, videos there, uh, most of those videos are witness reports and they will entail not only the witness talking about to their experience, uh, but also a visual represent representation of their experience as well. Uh, usually ranging from 10 minutes to half an hour, depending on how things go.
1: Gary, thank you for being on, man. I really, really appreciate everything that you, that you actually gave us like, like the time. I, I'm really, really appreciative of it. Uh, uh, like Steven said before, we would love to have you back on. Um, so um, there's that. If you you
2: want to come back on, so mate, I'm happy to. I had a great time myself. I appreciate great, it. Great time talking to you guys.
1: Again, Stephen, you got anything? You got?
0: No, no. That's um, again. Thanks a lot, Gary. I really appreciate it.
1: Uh all good, brother. All right, man. Well, you you have a good night, man. I appreciate it, man. All right, brother. Thank you, man. Good night. Have a good one. Uh, Cheers. <laughs>